Hello and welcome to Re-Energize. This is the place to discover more about the latest innovative developments in offshore renewables and how we will meet our future energy needs. My name is Christina Garcia Duffy, Technical Director at ORE Catapult, the UK's leading research and innovation centre for offshore renewables. In 2023, we are celebrating our 10-year anniversary. Over the last decade, we have seen a remarkable transformation in the offshore renewable energy sector, and ORE Catapult has been at the very heart of this. This year, we are proud to be the innovation partner at Renewable UK's Global Offshore Wind Conference. One long-established element of this fantastic event is the naming of several event champions who have been recognised as rising stars across key areas of the future development of offshore wind. I'm delighted to say that one of the event champions is our very own Chris De Valle, who has been named as the innovation champion. Chris, congratulations. Obviously, I already know about the fantastic work you do, but could you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here, Christina. My name is Chris Del Valle. I'm an innovation manager here at the Offshore Renewable Energy Catapult. I've been here for about a year. And prior to that, I spent a number of years working in a variety of industries following studying uh, undergrad in mechanical engineering. And I suppose I've now made a transition in my own career into renewables and studied and completed a master's in renewable energy systems at Strathclyde University throughout 2021 and 2022. So it's an exciting new career and a new industry, and there's a lot to be excited about within the industry. And we're very glad to have you in the sector. I guess your position at the Catapult takes you to meet lots of innovative companies in your current role. Is that right? Absolutely. The job title innovation manager is quite a nebulous one. Innovation is a broad term by definition, but certainly I meet a lot of innovative companies day to day working on solutions that are very, very broad and target a number of different challenges that are indeed related to offshore wind and then the offshore renewable sector at large. Yeah, really exciting times. Why is innovation important to you? As I mentioned there, so innovation is one of those terms, right? It's broad, it's hard to define, but I suppose if you were to try to define it, it'd be the introduction of something new and that something could be almost anything new. It could be a new technology or technique or process, or it could be an old technology, technique or process transitioned from one sector to another that's never utilized that. I suppose without innovation, And without anything new, there will never be progress. For me, innovation is important to me. I'm very passionately about the energy transition, about the transition to net zero, and primarily to tackling climate change, I suppose. The climate crisis is arguably the greatest challenge facing the planet and humanity today. Tackling it requires radical transformation in the way we as individuals and societies live and work. And I think innovation is an absolutely critical enabler of that. If we're to diversify our energy mix and become less reliant on fossil fuels, innovation is something we absolutely need. And then 
if I was to look at it from an offshore wind industry perspective specifically, I suppose innovation has been one of the, the main crucial factors that has led to massive cost reduction, increased efficiency, environmental sustainability, and has created so many jobs and economic growth for the UK and for people working in the sector globally. And I think innovation has got a continued role to play in all of those as we go forward. Continued innovation will enable us to expand the capacity we see of deployed offshore wind now and in the future. It will increase its contribution to the global energy mix and hopefully play a really significant role in that transition to a more sustainable and decarbonized future energy system. And I would say hopefully more surely than hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and it's absolutely the scale of the challenge and the journey that the sector has gone even in the last 10 years. You know, we're celebrating 10 years of the catapult. 10 years ago, we're talking about much smaller wind turbines. We're now around the 40, 15 megawatts. So that scale of the challenge, is, it's not only about the technologies on them, it's about their reliability, the availability, the size of the components, the scale of the manufacturing, the number of units we're bringing into the market and how we maintain them, how we ensure they operate efficiently and how do we also ensure that the environment they operate in is not going to be damaged. We're going to be environment positive and what happens at the end of the life of these massive amounts of materials in the seeds it's all coming together but i can see how innovation from a products and services perspective processes business models even changing absolutely going forward a very exciting opportunity you have there to help the supply chain and and to see those innovations being realized and exploited in the market. So I'm, I'm sure you have a very positive and very long and exciting career ahead of you. Uh, working in this area so far, could you tell me about your one most proud achievement so far? I mentioned earlier, I've been in this sector, in this industry and, and this role for just over a year now. and. I think, to be honest, what I'm most proud of is probably the the project I spend most of my time on, truth be told. So I'd say a large portion of my job is focused on supporting and leading the delivery of one of our supply chain acceleration programs called Launch Academy. Launch Academy is a supply chain acceleration program that is targeted at SMEs, entrepreneurs and innovators that are looking to bring a new technology, product or service into the offshore wind industry they're finding and trying to overcome numerous challenges, be they technological challenges or commercial challenges or challenges around how they structure their business or how they capitalize on the growth that they might be seeing. And the solutions are so varied. We, we work with companies that are developing floating dry dock solutions that are looking to mitigate some of the limitations around ports that we see in the UK and globally. And we work with companies like those to suddenly we work with other companies that are developing artificial t- intelligence and machine learning solutions to identify birds and thereby improve the quality and speed of ornithological surveys 
which are extremely important in not only consenting and deploying offshore wind farms more quickly, but also protecting and really respecting the natural environment and the bird species that exist in the fantastic coastlines that we see up and down the UK. Last year, I suppose, the Launch Academy programme that I joined, I joined uh, in May of 2022, and the programme had been in full swing for about three months by that point. And therefore, I didn't get to see it from the, the very beginning, from application stage to programme kickoff right through to program end and then program close. And last year's program won a fantastic award. We were recognized by the Scottish Green Energy Awards for the impact we'd had on the sector, which was, it was really humbling and it was a a truly a team effort. But for me personally, it's been a real pleasure to now be this year, have been part of a program from the beginning uh, and had really an opportunity to get to know the companies, the technologies, the products, the services that we're supporting, and then really try to add as much value and impact to those companies through the facilities we as ORE Catapult have to offer. And I think that's what I'm most proud of, to be honest. Sounds amazing. You must meet a variety of companies, like you say, with solutions. And being an engineer myself, and so are you, sometimes we don't have that commercial mind that is required (laughs) to bring that product to the market and understand the customer requirements and so on. So I'm sure you're giving them support, not just for that development of their solutions, also on the more commercial side of things, intellectual property and and how to pitch to investors and all of the softer things we might not learn at university or within an engineering environment, which I think (laughs) is brilliant. I know you're a very sociable person, Chris, and besides the networking, which is due to be fabulous, what are you most looking forward to at Global Offshore Wind this year? You're right. I'm very social. And full disclosure, I've never been to Global Offshore Wind in the past. I wasn't at the event in Manchester last last year. For me, this will be the first time at the event. So I'm really, really excited to be at what is considered by most metrics to be the biggest and the best event in the offshore wind calendar in the United Kingdom. I'm excited for the opportunity to catch up with old colleagues, new colleagues, friends and acquaintances from throughout the industry, be they Ori Catapult or Renewable UK, supply chain companies, tier ones, OEMs. I'm going to be at the Ori Catapult stand and I'm going to be visiting a number of theatres, panels and sessions throughout the day, as well as wandering around the, the conference area itself, hoping to catch up and really strengthen old relationships and establish new ones. Absolutely excited for that. And additionally, in terms of like the sessions on throughout the conference, there there look like there are going to be some really, really brilliant panels, conferences, sessions um, and talks that are going to be given throughout the event. It's impossible to get around all of them. And I'll be looking to kind of jump in and out of a number of the innovation sessions in particular, I think. So obviously, Christina, you're hosting a session on day one, an innovation panel, which looks like it'll be fantastic. In addition to that, my colleague Laura Fairley is hosting a pitch and brew session at the end of the day on day one, just by the Ori Catapult Pavilion. And we'll be hosting a number of really exciting, innovative SMEs that we work with. In addition to Laura and our other colleague, Claire Canning from the Offshore Wind Growth Partnership. So meeting and networking with old and new friends, establishing new relationships and seeing some of those events will be really fantastic. 
innovation is the word for this year at Global <laughs> Offshore Wind, I think. So congratulations again on your award. And, you know, if people want to come and see you at the stand, we're at the stand L85. So look out for Chris at the stand. Thank you for taking part in this episode of the Event Champion Series of Reenergize. It is now time to meet some of the event champions from around industry. So I'm going to hand over to you, Chris, and take it from here. Thank you, Christina. Well, the first Global Offshore Wind event champion of 2023 that I'm going to speak to today is Lauren Little from Orsted. Lauren, please introduce yourself. My name is Lauren Little and I'm a senior stakeholder advisor for Orsted based out of the East Coast Hub in Grimsby. So Lauren, congratulations on being chosen as the social sustainability champion for Orsted. I wanted to ask you what this means to you and what comes to mind when you think about social sustainability. So I'm delighted to be the social sustainability champion and social sustainability is really important to me on a personal level. I've grown up in a coastal community, so it's experienced quite a bit of economic decline. We've lost industry and that's resulted in many social challenges. So making a difference locally really does motivate me and it's always something that I've wanted to do. So this is why I wanted to work at Orsted and in the offshore wind industry because the industry provides new economic opportunities, because it invests in places, and it's multi-billion pounds of investment. But we need to ensure these investments and this industry benefits the people of these places positively. So it's new, it's large scale, it's nationally significant, but the construction and operations and maintenance of these projects does only happen in a place with people. So for a place like Grimsby and regions like the Humber and all across the UK, I want to ensure our community is aware of these opportunities, can access a career in the industry and feel supported and heard. And the industry is here for the long term and it already is and will continue to be part of the town and region's identity. I'd be interested to find out what work have you been involved in within this area that you're most proud of? So I've been with Orsted for nearly five years now, so I'm really fortunate to have had many opportunities and been involved in lots of different projects and engagements and I've met loads of inspirational people along the way. But there's two things that do really stand out for me, both of quite different scales. So in 2020, we received a letter from a seven-year-old boy, Ethan. He wanted to be a wind turbine technician. He really, really loves turbines and he wanted to come and visit us at Orsted after the pandemic. And we managed to do it. So we managed to host him at the East Coast Hub and get him on one of our vessels, the Wind of Hope, that goes to Hornsey too. And it just shows how young people are really recognising this industry as a new opportunity and they're excited by it. We also made a short film about him, which is on YouTube, and most recently he met our CEO. And secondly, something a bit bigger, but we donated a million pounds to a youth zone in Grimsby, which will support over 4,000 young people annually with somewhere to go, something to do and someone to talk to. And it's our hope that facilities like this will help young people realise their potential, but also raise their aspirations and even better if they become future wind turbine technicians. Fantastic. Thank you, Lauren. And finally, looking to the future, what are you most looking forward to at Global Offshore Wind 2023? So I'm really looking forward to attending Global Offshore Wind 2023. 
connecting with cluster partners. So I'll be splitting my time between the Hung Rochel Wing Cluster Stand, which is G3, and the Yorstead Stand, J20. But I'll also just love connecting with new people. I'll hopefully meet some new students along the way, and I really can't wait for it. Thank you, Lauren. Now it's time to introduce our next guest, Sophie Bannum from Equinor. Sophie, it's lovely to have you here today. Please introduce yourself. Thanks, Chris. Really nice to be here. Um, my name is Sophie Bannum. I work for Equinor, as you've mentioned. My current role is as offtake director for the Dogger Bank D wind farm. I've been working for Equinor for about five years now, but in the offshore wind industry for over 15 years in a variety of roles. My background has predominantly been in consenting and more recently taken on a variety of different roles with a more commercial focus, everything from working on CFD bidding to digitalization management through to the current role, which I'm, I'm really, really excited about working on this latest phase of the Dogger Bank offshore wind farm. Clearly you've got a lot of experience within the sector and I suppose I should congratulate you on being chosen as the net zero champion for Equinor and I wanted to ask you what this means to you and what comes to mind when you think of net zero. Yeah, thank you, Chris. A really interesting question. Um, net zero is an area that I find really interesting as a concept. It's obviously something that globally countries and companies are really grasping and are trying to get their heads around what it means for them. For Equinor, we've made a, a big commitment that we will be net zero by 2050. And actually, not only that, we will achieve a 50% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. For us, as a Traditionally, oil and gas company transitioning into a broad energy company, this sort of ambition is really helpful to set our strategic direction to explain to our shareholders and to the industry as a whole what it is we're trying to achieve. And I think that transition and that move towards net zero is a really important one, both for the offshore wind industry and for the energy mix globally. I find it quite inspiring in terms of some of the things that we're actually doing to achieve that. So within renewables, within Equinor, we're leading the way in terms of some of the novel approaches we're taking. So, uh, for example, thinking about electrification of oil and gas platforms. Just last year, we had first power on the world's largest floating offshore wind farm. And um, so that's the High Wind Tampen project in Norway at 88 megawatts. It's estimated to be powering around 35% of the annual electricity power demand for five oil and gas platforms. And that's starting to show some of the novel and innovative things we can do when we draw across big companies like ours to work towards net zero. And we've got some particularly big commitments financially as well to this area. And again, shows how much there is an investable industry in this respect. So within Equinor, we're aiming to allocate more than half of our annual gross capital expenditure to renewables and low carbon solutions by 2030. And that will really help support our growth, where in renewables we're aiming to have around 12 to 16 gigawatts of installed capacity globally by 2030. So some really big targets, some really big ambitions. And, and for me as an individual, that's quite inspiring. It gives me quite a drive to do what I do and find projects where we can really materially deliver on that change and help globally that ambition to move towards net zero. On that, you've quite clearly talked through some of the commitments Equinor have made as an organisation, the efforts you're making and the kind of grand ambitions and targets you're hoping to achieve by 2030, 2040, 2050 to really achieve this change that's required to achieve net zero. And I'd love to get a, a feeling of the projects that you've personally been involved in within this broader transition. 
Yeah, of course. Actually, myself, I've, I've actually been involved in the Doggle Bank wind farms in a number of different roles and in various iterations for over a decade. Um, so it's incredibly inspiring to see those projects, uh, the first three phases of those projects, all in construction now. And we're aiming for first power from the first of those phases later this year. And by 2026, we should be able to power over 5 million UK homes from Doggle Bank wind farms alone. So that's currently the world's largest offshore wind farm development. Um, and it, it's absolutely incredible for me as an individual, having worked from the early consenting days right through to seeing turbines actually now starting to, to get ready to go out um, to the site itself. So really, really exciting area. And it's, it's even more inspiring to find that we can do something else. So this fourth phase we're looking at now, we're really looking to be innovative, um, to find something new and different. So we're exploring the opportunity for that project to generate green hydrogen. Um, and to work actually with the other parts of our business within Equinor and also within our partners SSE, where both companies are really trying to drive forward the hydrogen economy in the UK, find new ways to innovate, to unlock some of those hard to abate um, areas within the UK CO2 aspects. So it's a really, really exciting project to work on. And it constantly inspires me that I can find these areas that are novel, that are different. Um, and despite being um, not that young an industry anymore, we've still got a huge amount to learn and a huge amount to try and unlock and achieve. So yes, it's a really exciting area to be involved in at the moment. Thank you, Sophie. Your passion for what you do and the industry you work in is genuinely inspiring. I suppose it's probably worth taking a step back and now, I guess, looking forward immediately on our horizon is global offshore wind. And I'd love to hear from you what you're most looking forward to. It's going to be really nice, actually, to see so many people getting together again. So I think this feels like the first really big iteration of the, the global offshore wind conference since everybody is returning a bit more to normal from COVID. Obviously, we had the event last year, but I think this is the real step up again. So it will be first and foremost, really nice to catch up with companies, people, individuals that I've worked with over the years and, and find out what everybody's doing in this space now. But more than that, I'm looking forward to see what's changed, what's different, how the industry is starting to adapt and evolve. Um, we are still a global leader in the UK for offshore winds, but I think it's becoming a, a more globally competitive industry. And I think it's really important that we look at how we maintain our leading position there's a lot of focus at the moment on what more we can do working with the supply chain. And I'm quite heavily involved with that through my involvement in the offshore wind industry council work. So I'll be excited to speak to some of the suppliers in the UK offshore wind supply chain and find out how they're seeing things at the moment. You know, times can be quite challenging financially at this point. So I'm really interested to hear about what they need from us as developers, what more we can do to support them. And then more broadly, just getting some of the updates from wider aspects of the sector. So hearing around some of our competitive ambitions and goals, how we're shaping up versus them, understanding that global picture a little bit more uh, and what more we need to do to drive things forwards and be part of that big transition and be the champion that we hope to be in leading the net zero drive for 2050. Thank you very, very much, Sophie. Now it's time to introduce our guest from RWE, Jordan O'Neill. Jordan, lovely to have you here today. Please introduce yourself. My name is Jordan O'Neill. I am the Supply Chain Development Manager working at RWE Renewables, and I work on the Celtic Sea project. Briefly, a bit about my role. It's a very varied role, and it bridges the many gaps between the work streams that are involved in developing a floating offshore wind farm. And to briefly summarise, I build 
internal project stakeholder awareness. I establish new supplier relationships and overall aim to ensure the suppliers are kept up to date with the supply chain opportunities. And then a little bit more about myself. I'm from Pembrokeshire in Wales, very lucky to have spent most of my life there. And because of that, I therefore have quite a natural passion for the development of floating offshore wind in the Celtic Sea. It's uh, yeah, super exciting to see this deployment of commercial scale floating offshore wind farms. It's going to happen over the coming decades happening on my home turf. Thank you for the introduction. I'd love to discuss innovation and congratulate you on being chosen as a supply chain champion for RWE. And would love to ask you what this means to you and what comes to mind when you think of the supply chain. Thrilled to be chosen for this category and um, to be representing RWE here. I think the chosen category is important to me because the supply chain is fundamental to the success of floating offshore wind, especially locally and regionally. And as I briefly touched upon earlier, the aim of my role is to really maximise those opportunities for UK supply chain development. I see the Celtic Sea leasing round. It, it really presents RWE with an exciting opportunity to not just deliver world-class floating offshore wind projects, but to truly understand the supplier capabilities and also the capacity, particularly in Wales and Southwest England. This alone will be key to the successful delivery of floating offshore wind in the region. Another reason why this category is important to me is the, the fact that the Celtic Sea offers the opportunity for Wales and Southwest England to really become global leaders in the development of floating offshore wind. So the manufacturing, the construction, the installation of these projects. But to do this successfully, that early engagement with the supply chain is key. And that early engagement really allows us to share that knowledge. So between developers, supply chain, trade bodies, really sort of collaborate on that knowledge approach. And then through that, really pinpoint those challenges and to discuss the solutions to the deployment of these floating offshore wind turbines. I also really think that the the fact that Southwest England, Southwest Wales, we and that region specifically in the Celtic Sea, we we haven't got that history of fixed offshore wind. There's not that history of oil and gas, and I see that as a bonus really because it really offers us that a clean slate to really get this right and um, turn the region into a global leader for this new and exciting technology. Thank you very much, Jordan. You stated there the the supply chain itself is obviously fundamental to the success of the sector at large and maximizing opportunities for UK impact is is really quite key. I'd be very keen to dig a bit deeper into your own personal experience here. What work have you been involved with in this area, the supply chain that you're most proud of? You know, to be representing a company like RWE and also working on a project that is on my home turf, you know, being from Pembrokeshire and also based down in Devon in the Southwest, it's really good to be on the ground. There's lots of elements in my day-to-day role that I am really proud of. I think more specifically, I'm really proud of being involved in the creation of key working partnerships with supply chain parties. So for example, we've been working alongside Tata Steel now for, I think, over a year, which has been an amazing working relationship. And we're helping to create a a new industry way of working to deploy floating offshore wind in the Celtic Sea. 
this presents a it's a multi-billion pound economic development and investment opportunity for Wales in the southwest of England. And this economic development supports the retention and creation of thousands and thousands of jobs in the coming decades. So I think to just be involved in that one element of it is something I'm particularly proud of. It's fantastic to be involved with. A couple of other parts of my role that I'm proud of. A few months back, RWE hosted a supplier engagement day event that was held in Cardiff uh, in Wales earlier this year. And this was the first event as part of RWE's new supplier transparency engagement program, acronym STEP, another acronym there to add to the many list of acronyms that we have working in this industry. Apologies in advance for that. But under the new STEP initiative, we've identified four initial steps that have been developed um, and are aimed at improving the overall transparency engagement and that key information exchange regarding all of our UK projects across the portfolio that are progressing through the development. And I think for me, being in Wales, being in the capital of Cardiff, hosting that event with RWE, the environment and the atmosphere that we created in that room, I think we had over 100 attendees and it was just fantastic to see all of the supply chain companies talking amongst themselves and exchanging business cards. It wasn't like every conversation went through a RWE. It was really that kind of organic environment where they're engaging with each other. And that was particularly um, really interesting to see. And um, yeah, an element that I've been proud of so far in my role. One more thing, if I can, would be the fact that I'm from Pembrokeshire and I can say from my personal experience, that there really aren't that many jobs around for young people in the county. And I do believe that the county is a true sufferer of brain drain, which is a term that's been coined and is used quite a lot in the industry at the moment when talking about regions such as Cornwall, Devon and Southwest Wales, really. I really do see the development of floating offshore wind reversing this cycle and and bringing new employment skills and also training opportunities to the region and this then leading to well-paid and high quality jobs and careers fingers crossed this will inspire the next generation and and also attract professionals from across the country over the coming decades which is really really exciting i'd be keen to take a step back now and just look forward in terms of the future and particularly in terms of global offshore wind i'd be really keen to find out what you're most excited about? I think this is one on the calendar that everyone's been looking forward to all year. And there's lots of elements of it that I'm looking forward to. I think for me, making those new connections with individuals across the industry is always just fantastic. And that really is a highlight for me, uh, whether that's technology conversations or supply chain engagement or chatting to people who are exploring new innovative ideas within the industry. And also, through those conversations, I think discussing RWE's ambitions for the Celtic Sea for me is really important and discussing RWE's portfolio and ambitions and, and where we're taking offshore wind and also floating offshore wind. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fantastic. I think also, you know, having 5,000 plus people all under the same roof who are all really passionate about offshore wind is just quite special and being part of a huge and exciting industry who are all working towards the same goals, really, which is the delivery of reliable, low-carbon energy that's going to allow us to achieve the UK's net zero ambitions. So, yeah, it's going to be fantastic and really looking forward to it. Thank you, Jordan. I'd like to introduce our final event champion of 2023, 
Mia Birkbeck from Vestas. Mia, please introduce yourself. My name is Mia Birkbeck. I work in Vestas as a specialist in our innovation and concept department. I come with a background from material science and work especially with new materials and sustainability. Congratulations on being chosen as the sustainability champion for Vestas. And I'd love to ask you what this means to you and what you think of when you think of sustainability. Sustainability is quite close to my heart. And I think it is to many people in our industry. We are basically all working towards the green transition and, and making that possible. So sustainability is both investors and I think across it's really key. For me, it's quite fantastic to be working with sustainability topics on a day-to-day -day because we really see that both the strategies we make, the topics we bring up, and especially the innovations and the technology we develop really has a big impact. And it's really a great motivation. Thanks very much. So I'd love to dive a little deeper into that. Um, you mentioned how exciting it is to work on topics and technologies and innovations related to sustainability. And I'd love to hear what work you've been involved with in this area that you're most proud of. Yeah, so I've been working over the past year with uh, recycling of wind turbine blades. And it has for a long time been a little bit of the Achilles heel. It's It's been a challenge for us to find a really good solution and how to handle end-of-life blade materials. Therefore, I'm also really proud to have been part of this project that we have in Vestas. And we have also recently announced the results that we made, that we have actually found not a new product, but a new process that will allow us to not only recycle the blades that we are putting on the markets today and tomorrow, but actually also addressing old turbine blades. And the importance of this technology and, and where we've been really hardworking in the lab is that it's a circularity solution, meaning that the material from the old blades can be used to produce new turbine blades. I think it's a really beautiful story on how we can create a new value stream out of what was before waste, but also it allows us to address what should happen with the, the turbine plates that we are producing and we are hopefully producing more and more of in the future. A lot of efforts in the lab and a lot of good collaboration with also some academic partners we've been working with, Aarhus University and Danish Technological Institute, so a local, also a big, huge supplier for us, Uli Epoxy, to make this happen. And it's really been interesting to see how far we together can get in the lab, but actually also now that we have these results, we can transform these findings into a much larger scale. And this is what I'll be working on for the, the next two years to really make sure that what we have been developing and what we can do now will also work in a huge scale. It's super exciting and something we are very proud of. Absolutely. That's such a super exciting innovation and one that I've heard of and I'm sure so many in, in the industry already have. What an incredible project to be part of in terms of sustainability. We've got one more question here, Mia. What are you looking forward to most at Global Offshore Wind 2023? With the events like this, it's a great opportunity to get out there and, and learn much more of, of what's going on. And if I should highlight one thing, it should probably be the sustainability panel discussion, where I'm sure we will be able to learn 
both about blades, but also about how supply chain can be really crucial in, in making great sustainability leaps into the future. And I'm sure also for the offshore audience, there will be a lot of discussions about innovation regarding new vessels that can, can be part of decarbonization. So I think that would be great. I will be looking forward to that. That sounds really great. Where might people be able to find you for the sustainability panel discussion? Is it on the first day, second day? Investors uh, Innovation Theatre. Well, actually, there's a, a few options. The first one will be on the first day at 10.45, where there will be a um, short presentation and discussion at the Vestas Innovation Theatre. And then again on the second day um, at 2.15, where my good colleague Andrew will also be um, found in the sustainability debate. Thank you very, very much, me. And thank you to all of our Global Offshore Wind Event Champions for 2023. And many thanks to Christina Garcia Duffy for kicking off this podcast episode. It is now time to de-energize. In the meantime, it would be great to see you at Global Offshore Wind. Find us at the ORE Catapult stand at L85. You can also find out more about ORE Catapult at ore.catapult.org.uk. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn at ORE Catapult and on Instagram at ORE.catapult. Catapult.